And this is the mayor of the airways, another beautiful day in paradise. You and I in a series of getting and staying healthy together. Well, we got the governor of the airways in here today. How you doing, Gov? Very good, thank you. And you might not be here today. The man sitting next to you, the doctor sitting next to you, hadn't seen you when you got COVID, correct? That's correct. Dr. Perone uh, gave me a uh, infusion of hydroxychloroquine. Is that the pronunciation? Did no, I get it close? No, well, you got an infusion of monoclonal antibodies called bamlamivumab. What's, yeah. the, what's the difference? <laughs> well, the difference is hydroxychloroquine is a medication that's been around for years for treatment of rheumatologic diseases, and, um, and uh, bamlamivumab is a monoclonal antibody through an intravenous infusion, so completely different technology. No. Oh. Well, because of my tender age, I had a more severe reaction to the COVID-19, but it was mitigated by the uh, infusion that Dr. Perone gave me, and I would recommend that to anyone who is in the initial stages. The incubation period, from the time you get your your, uh, positive reading, until the time it actually sets in is about 10 to 14 days. Is that correct? No, the incubation period is more typically 3 to 5 days. It can be as long as 10 days, but the incubation period from exposure to actually getting it is much shorter. Well, mine was 10 days. And 10 days later, I uh, woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and had to call 911 because I was feeling I was going to die. And so I wound up in the hospital with... Well, explain uh, that. What do you mean you felt like you were going to die? What was... Was your breathing short? What were the symptoms? Everything. All the above. Uh, I mean, uh, there wasn't anything that was functioning properly. So, uh, anyway, I was in the hospital for five days and then five days in rehab. But, uh, and th- I'm still in the uh, recuperative period it as much as it affects your lungs and your ability to breathe. So my ability to breathe is about 90% right now. Uh, well, 90, 90, did you turn 95 yet? No, you're 94. My uncle just turned 95 last week. But uh, you're 94 about to turn. When will you turn 95? June. Oh, Thank June. you very much. <laughs> he likes me to bring it up. No, he doesn't really. He thinks that I like to bring it up. But I do. I, for years, you know, it's kind of like you get to defer to him to wisdom. Dr. Mm-hmm. Perone, it's good to see you. It's great to see you, Rhett. Yeah, thanks for coming in because I know you have a very, very, very busy schedule mm-hmm. at this point. You're probably busier than you've ever been. Exactly right. I have. Yeah. Because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. And I want to thank you personally, of course, for for getting scooping me in there. Right, I was the first before David and Beverly got it. Uh, you, you uh, uh, I don't, I forget how we got reconnected, but you scooped me right in there, and even had your nurses come in on a Saturday. And I really appreciate that because I guess it's within the first three days if you're over sixty five mm-hmm. to get this. Um, Infusion that I got. Mm-hmm. I got what? No, the infusion I got was the same as his. That's correct. Yeah. So the uh, what the rules are for administration of monoclonal antibodies? People have to be considered at high risk of complication, meaning anyone over the age of sixty-five, uh, you qualify. David qualifies, and and anyone who we're worried that they could run into real trouble with the virus. You, people that are younger, fifty-five and older, if they have comorbidity, diabetes, high blood pressure, etc. So really the people we're selecting for monoclonal antibody treatment are those people that are, are at higher risk. 
that said, the sooner we treat, the better. One of the reasons we bring people in on a Saturday instead of waiting until Monday is we know that with viral infections, the earlier you treat, the better the outcomes. Now, I know a few years ago, maybe about 20 years ago, you were a sponsor of our magazine for quite a few years, Mm -hmm. and that was having to do more with cosmetic. Is that my my recollection? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm an infectious disease doctor, but years ago, I started treating AIDS patients with facial fillers 16 years ago. So I started doing fillers. That's when I first met you. That's right. Yeah. So that's still part of my practice. Now it's a small part. Uh, Yeah, because you've grown considerably. You have like uh, more than one location and... uh, Well, how did that all come about? Well, I'm the founder of Whole Family Health Center, which has an office in Vero Beach and Fort Pierce 25 years ago. Uh, It's it's certainly outgrown me by now, but really Whole Family Health Center has been sponsoring all the um, testing we've been doing in the community, uh, the monoclonal antibody therapy that you received, as well as the vaccine clinics. We've vaccinated over 15,000, we've done over 15,000 vaccines in the last few months as well. So we've got a pretty big operation there. All right. Now, Marie is in the studio this morning. She works with us. So, Marie, if you have any questions or you want to perk up, it's not obligatory, but you're certainly welcome to. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. Thank Good, you. Nice to have you here. She Thank works you. with us, of course, in marketing, and it's great to have her here. And She's also a producer. And um, so, anyway, so we're excited that you could come over. And uh, How are we? How, what, what's going on with you? I mean, more cases than ever, not more cases, more people getting the... Uh, how's the va- how are the vaccines going? All the above. Anything that's on your mind you'd like to talk about, Dr. Perron? Sure. So the cases, you know, peaked in, in our county, peaked in January. They've been going down since then. In the last week or two, there's been a little bit of an upsurge. But what's been changing are the characteristics of people that are getting infected, meaning most of the new cases of COVID that we're seeing now are in younger people. Why? Because most of the people in Indian River County that are over 65 have been vaccinated now. So mm-hmm. they're protected. They're not getting sick. Then the younger people, some are, they don't, younger people, if you're 20 years old with COVID, it really acts more like a flu. With rare exception, it can be really severe. But um, so we're seeing the hospitalization rates go down. We, you know, we almost feel like things are coming under control. In terms of monoclonal antibody treatment, uh, in January, we were doing three or four a day and also coming in on weekends. Now we're doing about one a day, maybe one every other day. So you can see the intensity of the treatment because we're not seeing as many uh, particularly vulnerable vulnerable people getting COVID now. So well, things are getting better. What about this new wave, this this alternative or whatever the right word would be that's starting up in Europe, I guess? Yeah, so the wave is called the B117 variant. It started in the United Kingdom. And I would say in Florida, it's now becoming the predominant strain in the United States. One of the reasons Michigan's having such trouble, Canada's having such trouble, and actually probably fifth, over 50% of the cases in Florida are represented by this B11 variant. The, the good news is this variant does respond to monoclonal antibodies, and this variant is also controlled by the vaccination. Uh, so the vaccine efforts that we've been doing definitely works against B117. So it's a more contagious variant, which is why the case numbers are going up. Also, people are being more relaxed, you know, because there's less worry about the disease. Mm. We also had the kids all down here because of the, uh, some of the uh, what do you call it, spring uh, vacation, right? Good point. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me ask you a question. After you've had the disease, you have some immunity. Is that correct? Yes. For how long? Yeah. But some people say you should get a vaccine, a vaccination anyway. Yes, and I'll tell you why. When you look at the antibody levels, when people have recovered from COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. they're I'm going to I'm using this as a frame of reference. Their antibody levels might be at ten. If they get a vaccine, on in addition to that, their antibody levels go up to 150. 
so dramatically higher, an order of magnitude higher, thus confer, conferring longer-term greater protection against infection, and especially if some of these more resistant variants come down the road. Uh, that's the other reason why. It's really, it's not a matter of, it's not a, a, a yes or no, you're protected. It's a degree of protection that are conferred by these antibody levels. Now, some people say that when you, if you're going to get the vaccination after you've had the disease, it should be 100 days after you've had the disease. Any, any veracity to that? Uh, yes and no. If you've had monoclonal antibodies, we typically wait 90 days after monoclonal antibody treatment because then we know the monoclonal antibodies are gone. But someone who has not received monoclonal antibodies who's recovered from COVID can get their vaccine anytime. They can do it two weeks later if they're fully recovered. They can do it a month or three later. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the question came up, how long does immunity last? We don't really know because the vaccine, you know, we've only had this disease in the human population for the last year or so. We do know that reinfection can occur. I actually saw a patient of mine who got reinfected last month. He had his first infection um, in September, and actually he was sicker the second time around, 50-year-old man. Uh, and now he's, he's received one dose of vaccine, so he's now protected with a higher level of antibody. So there is evidence of the fact that you can get the disease twice. Oh, absolutely. Even though, even though you uh, get some degree of, of uh, immunity to it, you, you still get it again. Absolutely. It's different from measles. You know, measles you get one time, then you have lifelong immunity. Right. But not with COVID. It's funny, the other day I was sitting here, David was saying earlier about the, the lung issue, and I was, you know, it's been, what, it's been, it's been weeks, it's been a couple of months, I think, that I've been cured of this. Or supposedly here, but mm-hmm. I was out there after you know eleven o'clock after doing a, you know three or four hours of live uh, radio, and all of a sudden I coughed, and there was a certain cough that I had when I had COVID, mm-hmm. and it hurt, it hurt, and, and and it gave me an instant headache, like um, because it was so violent that kind of thing. not because it caused the headache uh, you know chemically, but because of the violence, and I did one cough, boom, and immediately it was whoa, that was a deep one again. The, uh, but the headache didn't stay, but it was there. But I haven't had to come back again, but I started taking my zinc again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would, encourage, I would encourage both of you to get one dose of vaccine. The other important information is that one dose of a vaccine in people that have recovered from COVID produces antibody levels similar to people that get the two-step Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. So what I do, and, and again, the, the formal FDA or CDC um, Reg, not regulations, but recommendations are that everyone get a two-step vaccine or, or consider a two-step vaccine. But if I have a patient that's recovered from COVID that has a significant reaction after their first vaccine, I don't put them through that again three weeks or four weeks later. I say, look, your, your immune system just showed us you're reacting to this spike protein. You're good to go. Which vaccine do you uh, think is the best? I think uh, the Pfizer is the best vaccine. Why? Uh, uh, slightly fewer side effects compared to Moderna. Uh, very similar efficacy, 95% efficacy or effectiveness. Well, and, but uh, the president of Pfizer just came out and said maybe you'll need a third uh, vaccine, a third treatment. I saw that headline, and I think that has to do, that's more talking about the worldwide situation, meaning if these resistant variants, strains, start Jeez. developing and being transmitted worldwide, the, the current vaccines we have don't work well against the South African strain, this B-135. Jeez. That's where that came up. So we may all be getting boosters in the future if that vaccine, if that virus, rather, gets a foothold in the United States. So far, there's very little of it. 
and the B117 is, is clearly outcompeting it. Now, Lyme disease was created by a mistake made by man. Perhaps this, too, is another one of man's fallibility. What do you think? Any conjecture on your part? Well, you know, that's, that's one of the questions. You know, where did this virus come from? You know, SARS-1, you know, which came out in 2004, yeah. was clearly a bad virus that was transmitted through an intermediary to humans. And that's the current thinking about SARS-CoV-2, that this was a bad virus, so it's a, it's a spillover event. It's a zoonosis, a virus that started in a bat, went to an intermediate host, probably a pangolin, mm. and then made it into the human population. Dr. Perone, where are you from originally? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, where in New Jersey? Uh, North Caldwell, northern New Jersey. Oh, okay, because Marie's from New Jersey too, right, Marie? Morristown. Oh, 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 oh wait a Marie. second. David's from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Where are you from in New Jersey? Summon. I'm surrounded by New Jerseyites. Mm-hmm. Well, then we should have some tomato pie. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't you so wish we could have a good tomato pie down there? Back to Pfizer. Pfizer has is, is a series of two mm-hmm. injections. Correct. Do you do that? Yes. Okay. Are you having much time for your um, for your practice? Other, I mean, you've got to be inundated with this whole thing. On those, you have a walk-in clinic too over there. Well, Whole Family for, Health Center is a. Uh, federally qualified health center look-alike. It's basically a not-for-profit primary care clinic. And I'm just one of multiple doctors mid-levels over there. So we, oh, okay. We take I thought care. you were the owner of that. No, no, no. no. I, I'm the founder, but it's a not-for-profit clinic. So I just work oh, there. Oh, a non-for-profit clinic, which mm-hmm. suggests that maybe it's a little uh, less expensive for somebody who's under 65 and doesn't have uh, um, what I have. What is it called? Uh, uh, Medicare. Medicare, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We take care of anyone regardless of their ability to pay. If people don't, really? have, if people don't have insurance, we have a sliding scale for them. We're able to uh, negotiate for better fees for laboratories, wow. for radiographs, x-rays. That was altruistic. How'd you put that together? That's great. Thank you for doing that on behalf of the public. Oh, well, you're welcome. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I started out like many people. I went into medicine with very altruistic uh, ideas when I was younger. I was going to go to Africa and save the world. You, yeah. know, <laughs> you know, that type of... Uh, Did you get to Africa? I never made it I to got Africa. to Zimbabwe. It was a little, it was a culture shock, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it was scary at first, but it was days like this. It was just, uh, uh, just there was a fragrance. Of, well, they have less industry. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I was in Zimbabwe, uh, which is not South Africa, of course. But, um, but um, there was a fragrance in the air, of, of a, a floral fragrance almost. And, uh, and at night you could see the stars clearer than you can see I've ever seen the stars before, you know. So I hope you get there someday. I will. It's on my list. Yeah, where do you want to go? Uh, South Africa to start. Do you? Yeah. Now, you know, you might want to go out. There's a church called Ocean's Church. Mm-hmm. They're, they're growing rapidly. They only started five years ago, but they have the church out at the mall. Mm-hmm. Well, he, his father, is a doctor, mm-hmm. and I've actually broken bread with him at Ocean Grill. His father's a gastroenterologist mm-hmm. from South Africa, and now he's <clears throat> about my age. He's retired, I think, this past year. Mm-hmm. But first of all, I think you'd have a great conversations with him, but also with his, his son is very intelligent. He is Pastor Alex out there mm-hmm. at the mall. So if you ever want to sit down and maybe vicariously travel throughout South Africa and learn some things, you might, uh, mm-hmm. I can put you guys together if you want. You know. Nice, thank you. So, so um... So everybody's been very alarmed. I mean, some people I look over, I'm at a red light, and I'll see. I was down, I went down to Barnes & Noble on a Saturday, and I'm in my car, and I'm leaving, and there's, I'm at a red light, and there's a lady in a car by herself mm-hmm. with two masks on. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a little ridiculous? It is. 
Yeah. But yeah, when true. you're when you're by yourself, you don't you can take your mask off. I think some I've actually found myself sitting in my car with my mask on. Why? Because we've gotten so used to wearing yes. masks, you just forget to take it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. And walking down the street, there's a, I saw a guy in Vero. He was walking down the street all by his lonesome, mm-hmm. and yet he had a mask on. Not necessary, right? Well, you know, not if you're not if you're not any near where anyone else. No, that's not necessary. Mm. What do you think of the whole mask thing? Are you pro mask? Oh, masks! I mean, out of the whole universe of things we can do to lower transmission of COVID, masking is number one, two, and three. I mean, it's a very effective strategy mm-hmm. uh, for preventing disease transmission. Of course, I'm hopeful that this will stay in vogue because I get to wear this kerchief around my neck like Jean, like uh, John Wayne. Mm-hmm. I can bring it up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's against the Florida law. Mm-hmm. For you to go into a to a bank, well, it's against federal law to go into a bank with a mask on. Now they won't let you in the bank without a mask on. Yeah, we're living through interesting times. Aren't yeah, we? I mean uh, the alfresco dining is on the increase. Even I was up in uh, Vermont and uh, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and now they've opened up. You know they're not used to alfresco dining, and they've opened it up. They brought out heaters outside, mm-hmm. and now the city fathers, like in Nashua, mm-hmm. Nashua, New Hampshire, they're all saying we want to keep it. We like mm-hmm. this. It's and also like Dr. Mallon was in here. Mm-hmm. And he said, Red, he said, um, he said the uh, telemedicine was bubbling under the surface. And he said, you know, uh, he's an eye surgeon in mm-hmm. town, you know, you know, Bill. Right? Sure. And he said, I couldn't do surgery in, in Georgia last year. He says, now I can do surgery in Georgia and other places. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really kind of what was ever bubbling under the surface. It's, for, it's been a forced play, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think telemedicine is here to stay. Um, and let me give you an example. I have some patients that live an hour away. Instead of them driving down an hour, begin sitting in my waiting room, mm-hmm. if I'm riding late, then they have to add that to their time. If And for many situations, you know, telemedicine works great, where you don't have to examine someone. You're just going over medications. You want to get updated on their status. It works well. It, it won't take the place of regular medicine, but it definitely, as an adjunct, is going to be an important uh, future role in medical care. Well, I, I uh, participated in telemedicine prior yes. to my uh, installation of the... Uh, Infusion? Oh, Papa. What do you call that thing? The heart thing. Pacemaker. Yeah, pacemaker. I talked to the doctor, and he did a lot of conversation with me, and I didn't have to drive to this place and park and all that sort of thing. And uh, so when I got to the actual operation, he knew all about me and uh, without uh, a lot of strain. Also, we have the podcast now, which are extreme. We've just started our podcast this year. Mm-hmm. And we've already, well, we're number 41 in Sweden and number 32 in Austria. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the other numbers are. And this came, this, by the way, this information comes directly from Apple. Hmm. So it can't be refuted. But uh, who knows what we're like elsewhere. But now people, like, for instance, this interview, which we're live on the radio right now, but on, on our streaming and stuff. But this will be, of course put into our, our uh, medical section, and then somebody can refer back to it. Mm-hmm. And when they get comfortable with the language we're using or the questions, ha- they've already heard it from you, it's going to sink in deeper. If they haven't heard, ha- haven't met with you yet, they're going to know, okay, well, we want to expound on such and such and save you time mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and get the, you know, the well, attention. Uh, 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 suppose, uh, supposing I do want to get the Pfizer vaccine, do you have it available? Oh, we do. We do. We went through from a situation of a vaccine supply demand imbalance back in January. Now there's plenty of vaccine available, so it is available. You'll be you'll probably be contacted directly because we have a system where all of the people that have received monoclonal antibody therapy after 90 days, we contact them and say, "Hey, it's time for your vaccine. Come on in." Wonderful. Well, that's good. Where are your two locations? 
Um, the one location in Vero Beach is across from the hospital behind behind Perkins Pharmacy, 981 uh, 37th Place. In Fort Pierce, we're in Pelican Plaza on US 1. Oh, okay. So easy to get to you. And the name of the organization, your, your is, official, uh, the Whole Family? Whole Family Health Center. Whole Family Health Center, yeah. Well, I, I, on, on behalf of all the people you've been helping, we really appreciate it. <laughs> Those that don't have a voice here today or are listening and, and want to say thank you. And uh, you can call Dr. Perone and find him quick. You can Google him. And we appreciate you coming in. I know you've got a busy schedule today. Is there anything that I've been remiss or that we've been remiss in um, approaching today that you would like to? Well, I would just say that, you know, I would just encourage everyone to get vaccinated. You know, that's what's going to take us from our current situation of partial lockdown to getting back to real life, you know, when, when we reach that, you know, uh, herd immunity status. There are already communities, by the way, that have reached herd immunity. Some of the over 55 communities where the great majority of people have been vaccinated, uh, they Like are, the villages or... Well, uh, I would I don't know the data there, but yeah, yeah. but that would be an example. Yeah. Uh, there's a, been a lot of vaccine enthusiasm among people over 65, more vaccine hesitancy among younger people, but eventually for us to get out of lockdown, we need to get everyone vaccinated. Either they're either going to get vaccinated or get COVID, and who wants to get COVID? You've been through it. It's not not a fun experience. No, but it was sure made a lot easier because you get, get that infusion in me within the first 36 hours. Makes a difference. And that is important, the first 36 hours? That ex- the sooner the better. Um, uh, I've had patients, we literally had them treated within 24 hours. We can treat people up to 10 days after the onset of symptoms, but the uh, the effectiveness drops off the longer you wait. Well, I want to thank Mona, is it? Mona, yes. Mona and the other lady... Oh, she's your wife? No, Mona White is her oh, name. Mona, oh, Mona White. Oh, director. My hearing is good. <laughs> Mona. And also the, um, yeah, she the, was, the she other was, lady. She was very on top of it. She yeah. was really, oh, yeah. very, really, really with it. Both And both of the ladies that worked on yeah. it. And Mona, of course, has been in, in, in touch with me very throughout good. the process and even later on checking up. And uh, very thorough. Mm-hmm. And she gets an A+. Plus. Yeah, it's, it's Mona, 4.0 average. Mona, yeah, Mona White and Daniela Martinez yes. are two key people. They're lovely, terrific. lovely. Well, it's, it's, uh, it reflects on you, sir. You've, uh, you make some good choices there. <laughs> thank you. Well, Dr. Perone, thank you very much for coming in today. Mm-hmm. And uh, good health to you. Stay healthy and... Uh, have you? Are you worried about getting? I mean, you, you're subjected to all these people all the time, and you, you've not had it, right? No, no, I've actually been vaccinated, so oh. I'm fully vaccinated, so I'm in a good place now. Good, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And how long should that vaccine? Where some were saying initially six months. Before. Well, we we only we have six in the New England Journal of Medicine last week. They actually presented antibody levels six months after the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, and there are high levels of antibodies. Now, where are we going to be in a year, year and a half? We don't know. We just don't have that long follow-up. Uncharted waters. Uncharted waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, anyway, thank you, Dr. Perone. Whole Family Health Center, correct? Correct. Whole Family Health Center. This is uh, the mayor of the airways here. You and I in a series of getting and staying healthy together. Who loves you, baby?